again. We are in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. I'll read the first two verses. Again, please keep your Bibles open. Stand with me, please, out of honor to God and His Word as I read. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Thank you. You may be seated. By way of introduction, this is a parable. And there's lots of different ways to define a parable, but really the simplest one is this. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story. It's about a guy who hires people to work in his field. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, we know this is a parable because if you look in verse 1, Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this. It's something like this. And so that is a, a big clue that we're talking about a parable here. And the details of the parable, they are also all symbolic. The householder is God, the laborers are believers, the vineyard is the world as we know from Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the pay is eternal rewards in heaven. Now speaking of pay or hiring, there was a college graduate who got his first job at the grocery store. When he reports to work on his first day, the manager hands him a broom and tells him to sweep the front sidewalk. The college graduate says, are you serious? I'm a college graduate. To which the manager replies, oh, I didn't realize that. Meet me out front and I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> Let's look at God's call this morning. First of all, I want you to see that God does the calling. God does the calling. God issues two calls. The first call is a universal call to everyone. Be saved, a universal call to everyone. And the second one is an effectual call to those who believe. What do I mean by those who believe? Those who will receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, believing He died on the cross to pay for their sins, that He was buried for their sins, He rose again the third day. So God issues two calls, one to the whole world, everyone, be saved, and an effectual call to those who believe. God gets complete credit for our salvation. He gets absolute and complete credit. If you are saved here today, it's all Him. He gets complete credit for that. Again, look back to the story here. The householder called laborers. They didn't call him. God calls us. We don't call him. But he calls us to serve him. God calls us to serve him. The man called laborers into the vineyard, not to sit around and eat uh, grapes, but to work and bring in the harvest. God does not save us only to be blessed. Oh, to be saved is to be blessed. There's no question about that. But God does not save us only to be blessed. God saves us to serve him. And we do not serve Him to earn our salvation. We serve Him because we are saved. Genuine faith works. Genuine faith works. James 2.18 puts it this way. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Genuine faith works. So let me just ask you very pointedly this morning, every one of you, what are you doing in service for God? What are you doing in service for God? Now, evangelism takes many forms. We sometimes think evangelism just happens behind the pulpit or going out with tracts and getting in somebody's face. We think, well, that's the only way to evangelize, so I'm not really an evangelist. Evangelism takes many, many forms. So I am challenging you to do the form to which God has called you. Do the form to which God has gifted you, whatever that is. Whether you're an out front person, whether you're a behind the scene person, do what God has called and gifted you to do 
to get the gospel out there. We have all kinds of folks here at this church that work behind the scenes. You never see them. They're always behind the scenes. In fact, Debbie's one of them. You never ever see her ever because <laughs> she's always behind the scenes. She doesn't stand behind the pulpit. She doesn't get in people's faces. But the things she does and things so many of you do behind the scenes make sure that the gospel goes forth from this pulpit week after week after week. So do the form of evangelism to which God has called you and for which he has gifted you. So God does the calling. Secondly, I want you to know that God calls at different times. God calls at different times. Now, the man called servants throughout the day. Look in verse 3, look in verse 5, and look in verse 6. 3 says, And he went out about the third hour, saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said of them, Go also into the vineyard, and whatever's right I'll give you. And then look down in verse 5. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And then verse 6 says, About the eleventh hour he went out and found others. And so... He hires people early in the morning. That would be 6 a.m. He hires people at the third hour. That would be 9 a.m. He hires, hires people at the sixth hour. That would be 12 p.m. He hires people at the ninth hour. That would be 3 p.m. He hires people at the eleventh hour. That would be 5 p.m. The man hired servants throughout the day because God calls us at various times. God can call us to salvation at any time. Children, you can't be too young for God to call you to be saved. Maybe you're a young adult. Maybe you're middle-aged. Maybe you're elderly. You're not too old. God calls us to salvation at any time. At any time. And you know how we answer that call? We answer His call with baptism. Once God truly calls you to salvation, you truly receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you answer that call with baptism, exhibiting our obedience to His command and demonstrating our faith in Christ. What do I mean by demonstrating our faith in Christ? Well, think about it. When somebody's baptized, they go down under and they come back. What do we believe about Jesus? He died, He was buried, He rose again from the dead. It also shows what we believe of what's happened to us. We die to our sinful way of life and we rise again to live a new life for Christ. And so if God has called you to be saved, you answer by being baptized. But God may be calling you to specific service at your age now. Again, He can call people to salvation at any age, but God may be calling you to specific service at your age now. Maybe to serve on a church committee. Maybe to serve as a mus musician here at church. Maybe to serve through your own personal ministry. There's something, a burden that you have for you know, people out there or a situation out there. Or maybe to serve as a full-time servant. Maybe God is calling you into the pastoral ministry. I will tell you, I was called into the pastoral ministry as a teenager. I was in 11th grade when God called me into the ministry. And did I go? No. I went to college. I studied computers because I thought that was really interesting. God gets his way. Look what I'm doing now. You say, well, you were young. My dad was ordained to the ministry in his 70s. In his 70s. He was starting his third career as a minister of the gospel. You're not too young. You're not too old to be saved. You're not too young. You're not too old to serve. Even in full-time ministry. But God isn't calling us all into full-time ministry. If He did, I'd have nobody to preach to on Sunday mornings, right? But He calls us all to serve. And so God does the calling. God calls at various times. Thirdly, I want you to see the pay is the same. The pay is the same. Everybody received the same wage regardless 
of their time of service. Look at verses 9 and 10. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. Now, let me tell you this. The word penny, as it's used there, is the Greek word denarius. And a denarius actually was a fair wage for a day's work. And so you might be thinking, well, this guy's a cheapskate. He made people work all day and only gave them a penny? No, that's just the translation there. Uh, He gave them a fair wage for their day's work. But the problem was that people saw was that the people that worked all day long got a denarius and the people that only worked one hour got a denarius. The pay is the same. All believers will receive eternal life in heaven. All all believers will receive eternal life in heaven. It doesn't matter whether you've been saved your whole life. It doesn't matter whether you're saved at the last moment. All believers receive eternal life. Everybody gets the same pay. In fact, look what Jesus says in verse 16. So the last shall be first and the first last. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. This phrase emphasizes the equality of those who are saved. Those first saved are equal to those last saved. Those last saved are equal to those first saved. Notice in verse 9, when the master paid the laborers, the last workers were paid first. Now normally he'd start with the ones that had been there all day, but he starts in reverse order. And so the ones that have been there the shortest amount of time, those are the ones that he pays first. Verse 8 says, So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last to the first. Now the last hired would have expected less. They were thinking, you know, we're only here an hour. The the wage was a denarius for the whole day. We were only here an hour, so I'm sure we're going to get less. And conversely, the other ones, the first hired, were probably calculating their bonus income that never materialized. As they're seeing these folks only worked an hour, got a denarius, these guys that worked all day, they're thinking, man, we're going to get two, three, four, five denarius. It's going to be great. But that never materialized. Everybody got paid the same. Those that worked all day and those that came in at the end. And that reminded me of deathbed confessions. Deathbed confessions. Are those real? Somebody lives their life for the devil all their whole life and then they're at their last moments. They're breathing their last. Their heart is beating its last. And just at the last minute, they invite Jesus Christ in their heart to be their Savior. Is that legitimate? Is it legitimate? Well, remember, first of all, when it comes to any confession, whether it's a deathbed confession or any other, a confession is more than words. It's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So don't think you're going to wait till you're on your deathbed and you're just going to say these words, uh, Jesus, I believe in you, come into my heart, or something like that, and it's a done deal. That's no relationship. That's just what you would think maybe is a magical incantation. God doesn't work that way. But if a person on his deathbed genuinely receives Jesus Christ as personal Savior, genuinely believes that Jesus died for his sins, was buried and rose again, that person will draw his last breath and step into eternity. Because that's how gracious God is. And so what do we say about deathbed confessions? Yes, they're legitimate. But you never know when death will come, do you? If you have the opportunity to be laying in a hospital bed and you realize your time is coming, then maybe. But think about me last fall. I was on vacation. I'm riding a bike. Where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, And a tree fell and crushed me. 
And clinically speaking, I died. I was ready. But I died. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't plan for that tree to fall. That, that wasn't anywhere on my radar screen. And so if God affords you the opportunity to lay there on your deathbed and have time to receive Christ, okay. But you don't know that's what's going to happen. That's why the Bible says, now is accepted time. Today is a day of salvation. You don't know what's going to happen. We may not even get out of here today. Who knows what's going to happen? Be ready today. Be ready now. But there's some disadvantages to a deathbed confession anyway. Here's the first one. You never had God's joy and peace in this life. There's something about knowing God in a personal way. He gives you joy. He gives you peace. And somebody that comes in at the last minute, they never had a lifetime of, of God's joy and peace. Not only that, they never enjoyed a life of service to God. We were talking about serving God. They never got to serve God because they waited till the last moment and then invited Christ into their heart. And they never experienced Christian fellowship either. Christian fellowship is more than just coming and sitting in the same room and having church together. It's part of that. But having Christians as your friends, having Christians you can call on, having Christians that will pray for you, that is wonderful in this life. But if you wait till the last minute on your deathbed, you didn't get that either. And so there's many advantages to receiving Christ now, today. Don't wait for your deathbed confession. It can be legitimate. It can be if you truly mean it. But you never know when that time is going to come. Here's the last thing now. Don't be mad or jealous when somebody gets saved. Don't be mad or jealous when somebody gets saved. If you notice here in the story, the first hired ones, they began to murmur. Look in verse 11. They said, we worked all day and we got the same pay as those who only worked an hour. Let me read that, verse 11. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, these last have wrought but one hour and you have made them equal to us which have borne the burden and heat of the day. It's not right. I love the owner's response. Remember, the owner's God in the story. He says in verse 13, didn't I give you what I promised? He said, but he answered one of them and said, friend... I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Those first ones he hired said, listen, I'm going to give you a denarius. You work all day for me, you get a denarius. And they agreed to that. They said, yeah, that's fair, that's good. He said, didn't I give you what I promised? And I love verse 15. Can't I do what I want with what is mine? Look at verse 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? And then he says this. Is your eye evil because I'm good? Let me translate that for you. Are you jealous because I'm generous? You agreed to work for a penny a day and I'm giving you your penny, but you're jealous of these people that only worked an hour. I'm generous. I can do what I want with what's mine. I can just hear God saying that. So don't be mad or jealous when somebody gets saved. First of all, don't be mad at God. He calls whom he will. You say, yeah, but that person that just got saved, they were undeserving. Well, so were you and so am I. You show me. I have yet to meet somebody who deserves to be saved. Now, if you know somebody, I'd love to meet them. I think it'd be great. It ain't so. You may say, that isn't fair. This story isn't fair. People only worked one hour and they got a whole day's wage. It's not fair. 
Remember what I said earlier? You don't want God to be fair. You want God to be gracious. If God were fair, we would all spend an eternity in hell. If God were to be fair, if God were to give everybody what we deserve, this is where we would spend eternity. You don't want God to be fair. You want God to be gracious. So when somebody gets saved, don't get mad at God. And don't get mad at the person. God called them. They didn't call God. You say, yeah, but that person got to live a wicked life longer than I did. I received Christ as Savior, and then I had to, my life had to change. But they got to live for the devil all that extra time. Maybe you're still in love with your sin. And maybe you resent the Christian lifestyle. If you're in love with your sin, check your salvation. If you're in, I didn't say if you still sin. We all sin. But if you still love sin, you need to check your salvation. Because when we're truly saved, God gives us a hatred for sin. He gives us a hatred for sin. Look what Paul writes in Romans 7.15. He sinned. He said, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. I know that sounds a little bit like Dr. Seuss, but what he's saying is, I want to do the right thing, and I keep doing the wrong thing, and I hate it. God will give us hatred for sin. Not only that, but God gives us a desire to live for Him, and God gives us a love for sinners. And so don't be mad at God when He saves somebody. Don't be mad at the person when they get saved. Instead, do these things. Rejoice like the angels do. When somebody invites Jesus Christ into their heart, I don't care what their past was, rejoice. Look what Jesus says in Luke 15.10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. When somebody is saved, the all of heaven rejoices. This is how we respond to somebody being saved, not being mad, not being jealous. Secondly, after you rejoice, be thankful for salvation. Be thankful that God saves people anyway. He don't have to save anybody. But be thankful that He does. Be thankful for salvation in general. Be thankful for your salvation in particular. And then welcome this new Christian regardless of his past. God has put that person's sin behind him. We need to do the same. And remember this precious verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Notice what happens to a person who is saved. First of all, he gets a new location. He said, if any man be in Christ, that's a new location to be in Christ. Because before you're saved, you're not in Christ, you're out of Christ. But when you're saved, you get a new location in Christ. And then you become a new creation. Notice, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, he's a new creation. And then notice this last phrase, and I've shared this before. He says, Behold, all things are become new. That sounds really strange in English, doesn't it? All things are become new. But it's translated properly. This is the Greek perfect tense, and I'm not going to give you a Greek lesson this morning. But what this tense does, it indicates something that becomes new and stays that way forever. Something that becomes new and stays everlastingly new. And so when we say God takes this person's sin and puts it behind him, he gives this person a clean slate and that slate stays clean forever. So who are you and I to say, oh, that person shouldn't be saved. That's not fair. That's not right. No. We rejoice. We can be thankful for salvation. 
And we welcome this new Christian regardless of his past. And so this morning as we look at this parable, we see first of all, as we look at God's call, that God does the calling. God's the one that does the calling. He issues that universal call to everyone, be saved. And then he issues that effectual call for those who will believe. Receive Christ as your Savior. Believe that he died, was buried, and rose again from the dead for you. God does the calling. And God calls at different times. Some of you in this room, you were saved when you were little. Some of you later on in life. Some of you maybe aren't saved yet and you're getting, you know, into your upper years. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. When God calls you to be saved, receive Christ as your Savior and be saved. And God not only calls us to salvation, he calls us to service. I asked you before, what are you doing to serve? How are you serving God? How are you serving the kingdom? Well, I come and sit in church for an hour. What are you doing to serve? I will admit that when you come and just sit, if that's all you do, it encourages the people around you. It encourages me. So that is serving the kingdom. But it's time to get up off your pew and do something. And then we notice the pay is the same. So somebody that's been saved their whole life and they've served their whole life, they've been on committees and they've been a musician and whatever, they've just served, 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 and then some wicked poor sinner at the last moment receives Christ. Guess what? Everybody goes to heaven. The pay's the same. The pay's the same. Remember, that doesn't seem fair. You don't want God to be fair. You want God to be gracious. And he is. So don't be mad or jealous when somebody gets saved. Don't be mad or jealous at God. Don't be mad or jealous at the person. Rejoice like the angels. Be thankful that God saves in the first place. And welcome this new Christian, regardless of his past. I mean, if God thinks he's okay, how can we think he's not? Receive him. Because he deserves it? No. Neither do you. Because God is gracious. So that... The invitation this morning, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, well, I'm too young, well, I'm too old, or I'm right in the middle of my life, doesn't matter. God calls at all different times. If God is calling you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, right here, right now, today, invite Jesus in your heart. Believe He died on the cross to pay for your sins, that He was buried for your sins, and He rose again the third day, and you will be saved now. And for those of you who are already saved, I ask again, what are you doing? to serve the kingdom of God. What are you doing to send the gospel around the world? You don't have to stand behind a pulpit. You don't have to be in people's face. God has called you. God has gifted you. Now go do what he's called and gifted you to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story. And while it is just a a made-up story, it's full of your truth. May we learn from it. May we be convicted by it. And may we be better servants of yours because of it. And Father, we ask too, if there's anybody here, regardless of their age, who has not yet received Christ as Savior, give them grace and faith to believe right here, right now, because today is a day of salvation. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.